session every Friday morning at 9 o'clock. If you live anywhere in the Atlanta, Queen City region, including a 20-minute drive from Texarkana, we'd like to invite you over. Uh, it's not a Crossway Church worship service. It's a Friday morning Bible study. Love to have you from whatever church you go to. Not trying to get you in our church, trying to get you in the Word, trying to get you to understand uh, God's Word. Not just know what it says, but know what He means by what He says. And that's the importance. Uh, we need to do more than read the Bible. This is God's Word. We need to know what He is saying to us. And because we live, Jesus said, by every word that proceeds out of His mouth. And we're in Galatians, and we will be in chapter 4 when we get started here in just a few minutes. Uh, we have a uh, Romans teaching that I'm doing uh, every week. Uh, most of the time, my schedule's been hectic this week, getting my boys back to, uh, getting them loaded to Fort Worth, to college for Noah and Baton Rouge for Andrew, getting ready to start Bible college there. And We've been traveling, took a couple days to go to Niagara Falls, so I've just been, I don't know where I've been. I've just been running in circles, I feel like. And uh, But most of the time on Mondays and Thursdays by lunch, there is a new teaching, half-hour teaching of Romans. I'm in chapter 2 right now. Everything we do can be uploaded, uh, is uploaded to our YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, that you can avail yourself to and watch all our worship services, all the teachings we do and everything there. And also, we have a determined camp meeting coming up. Uh, we March On is this year's title, and I just want to invite you uh, uh, this year to our camp meeting and there will be like eight ministers traveling in from uh, different states and coming to preach the gospel. I want to I let you know something this morning. This is a camp meeting unlike any other. This is not our preachers here at Crossway Church. This is ministers, pastors from other churches that come in that are preaching the cross. And, uh, and so, I mean, they're narrow-minded and cross-eyed, and I guarantee it, if you come, you will be blessed to the Lord. It's a Thursday night, September the 13th, through a Sunday morning, September the 16th, and just come and uh, plan on staying the whole time with us. We have good hotels here in Atlanta. Texarkana has all the hotels and everything you might want, and it's only 20 minutes away. We'll have lunch served free. Friday and Saturday, and Saturday morning at 8, there will be free breakfast, and I'll be ministering at 8.30 that morning to those who can get up out of the bed and be here to eat breakfast. So I just want to make sure that you know about the camp meeting, and, and, and you're welcome to come. If you need any more information on that, just email me at curtishutchinson at att.net. I'll answer your questions, let you know what hotels there are, the phone numbers, and all that good stuff. Before we get into the Word, this morning one last thing I just really feel this morning that we should pray for those who are hurting those who are sick those who are battling something in their body something that is not of the Lord that is there they're under attack and we know that it's God's will to heal and uh, we, we just uh, we don't always know when God's going to do something, but all I have to do is look back at Jesus, and every person that came to Jesus, He touched them and He healed them. So I'm not going to uh, try to get into all the, the reasonings and all the deep theological human psychology of why we don't see what we need to see. When I look to Jesus, I see what I need to see. And when I look to Jesus, I see Jesus healing every person that came to Him. So this morning, why don't we pray for every person we know you know that is sick and struggling with some physical infirmity, some mental infirmity, something they need from the Lord, and they need it today. Can we do that today? Let's pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you, Lord, to touch each one of these people that need a touch from you. Their bodies are broken, they're torn, they're beaten down, they're under attack. There's spirits of infirmity attacking them. Lord, we, we acknowledge this morning that it's not just a, a bad liver, it's not just a torn, it's not just a a bad the Lord it's attack of the enemy we see that underlying every situation is a spiritual meaning a spiritual force behind it and Lord I know that sickness is not of you and I just pray that today you would remove it you would bring forth healing and wholeness in the mighty name of Jesus to everyone that we know everyone that they know who are watching online and even us here in this room and them on social media right now can receive that which we know you gave your son 
for us to be able to have. One of those things is healing. I don't care what I've seen or what I haven't seen today. Faith is in my heart to believe for those who are hurting. And I just thank you for the gifts of healing. I thank you for the working of miracles today in the mighty name of Jesus. And we thank you for the testimonies that will come because of your touch today. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Thank God. Thank the Lord. Galatians chapter 4 is where we're at. And we will begin in verse 4 where we left off last week and then we'll roll on through to wherever we may get today. Uh, But the Bible says in verse 4, But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his Son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. And, and what Paul is doing here, and I have to always remind us where we're at in this letter, what this letter is about, it's, it, who it's to. It's to not just the Galatian churches, but it's to us who may be caught off track and have been pulled away from faith in the cross to faith in all these fads that are in the church today. Just like they were being pulled out trying to be brought back under the law of Moses, circumcision, and all the law. And the, the, the Judaizers were telling them you're not even really saved unless you're circumcised, unless you follow the law of Moses. It's so painful and it, it is very grievous to our hearts to sit and watch people who just will not accept the way of the cross. Yesterday, my son Andrew is talking, uh, texting back and forth, how, whatever it is they're doing with a friend who uh, is, is, is very spiritual, uh, loves the Lord, but he, he's in a church where just about everything they believe is unbiblical. It's right here in our community. But he, he's really what you might call on fire for God. And Andrew finally just got right to the root of the matter yesterday and asked him, you know, uh, about the cross. Where are you with the cross of Christ? And this, this kid who's in high school, who thinks he's called to the ministry, already planning to go to Bible school when he graduates, he, he told Andrew, he said, you need more than the cross. That's what he told Andrew. You need more than the cross. You, it, Jesus died on the cross. I believe he did. He said, but you also have to do these things. And that see, that's where the church is today. And that's why this letter was written. You know, the preachers are preaching that you have to do this to really be saved. The whole denomination of the church of Christ uh, claims you have to be water baptized in their denomination to be saved. I've heard it with my own ears and they believe you're not saved if you're not and all these things are grievous to our hearts and it it just causes us to remember why Jesus wept because he saw you know the people were without a shepherd they're just wondering they're just it's like this same church I'm talking about I won't call its name but it's right here in our community and 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 they're a melting pot doesn't matter what you believe just bring whatever you believe right on in we'll just fellowship and and have the unity of but it won't be the unity of the faith of the Word of God. It'll just be a a fleshly, a social unity. And it grieves our hearts. It grieved Jesus to see the people without a shepherd, to see them living in unbelief, thinking they're serving God, even to the point of later crucifying Him in the name of the Lord. And so it's very grievous to us. And we need to always remember while we're reading, studying through the book of Galatians, why it was written, who it was written to. It's written to you and me to warn us not to go off track and if we are off track and I know it'll take a humble man or woman of God to accept that I'm off track to accept that you're off track and to be able to come back on the path of the just and in, in, in the path where our faith is only in the cross of Christ and not what we're doing a- amen and and you know th- it's huge it's bigger than you think it's it's it, it, every town in America is infiltrated by work salvation work sanctification it's there preachers won't let go of what they've had for years even though we're in another reformation right now first one 500 years old we're justified by faith the second one 20 
21 or thereabout years old into it that we're also sanctified by works. We're not sanctified by all the fads men come up with. And that's what this letter was written for. That's what this, who this letter was written to, people who were being pulled out of the faith. And the Bible says in the last days that people, many will be seduced and turn away from the faith. Well, they're not going to stop saying Jesus. They're not going to stop going to certain churches, but they're going to be turned away from the faith. And the faith is defined in Galatians 2 and 20. The faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. Focus the cross. That's, that puts you in the faith. Faith moved from the cross alone takes you out of the faith. You may still be in the church, in a Bible study, with your hands lifted, tears on your face. But if you're out of the faith, all those things matter not. And that's why this letter was written. And when I say this huge percentages of of people out of the faith, I'm not saying they don't love God, and I'm not saying that that they don't have a desire to serve God, because they do. They just don't know how. I've been there. That's what this letter is for, to remind us how to live for God. And if we reject the message of the cross as the only answer God has from heaven, then we can no longer be profited by Christ, affected by Christ. We actually... Remove ourselves from Him, Galatians 1 and 6. So that's why this letter was written. We always need to be reminded of that. I mean, and it's, and it's very easy, even for us in this room, you watching online, even though you, think, you say, I'll never move away. Well, you know, you've said you wouldn't do other things that you did. And so I know how we are as people and, and, and how, uh, you know, easily moved and swayed that we are by someone's money, someone's uh, uh, building us up, that puffs us up. I know how easily I said we can be moved away from the gospel. And we need to be careful about that. And uh, let me see here. Last week we, we talked about to become the children of God, we must come out from under law and be found under grace. Jesus came he didn't come to leave us under the law. He came to fulfill the law. He's the only one that could, lived ever, ever minute of his life obedient to the law that was another thing yesterday Andrew this this kid asked told Andrew it's not a sin to get a tattoo I can glorify God with a tattoo and Andrew sends back and you know what I believe and I know it's right tattoos and all the things we do to our body that's about me look at me Look at me, look at me, and we dress ourselves up. And Andrew sent this message back. These kids that have raised up in the message of the cross, there's wisdom in them. And, and, and I'm telling you, it's a blessing to watch young people be raised up, trained up in the way they should go, that is, the faith. And to hear their answers they, they, they come up with by the Lord just, just speaks through them. And he said, you know what? Jesus wouldn't have ever got a tattoo because it was against the law in the Old Covenant, and he kept the law. So what Jesus wouldn't have done, do we need to do? See how, see how simple that was? But, but you know what the guy's response was? Well, my youth pastor's getting a tattoo. See, are we following Jesus, or are we following our youth pastor? And let, me, and let me say something. I know we might get a little off track this morning, but that's all right. I'm good at getting off track. Listen, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. You know what that means? You know, in that heavy traffic you're in, you better be watching more than that car in front of you. You better be watching around that car because that fellow in front of you may not see the brake lights in front of him. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You better see the brake lights in front of him. So when we follow Paul because he's following Christ, we better be looking around Paul every once in a while seeing is that Christ he's following. You know what I'm talking about. I ain't following no preacher. I'm following Preachers that follow Christ. That just means I'm behind them. I'm walking behind them. I'm not lower than them. I'm not above them, but I'm walking with them. I'm walking maybe even in their leadership, under their leadership, but the only reason I'm following him is because I can stick my head out and see Christ in front of him. And when somebody makes comments like, well, I'm going to get a tattoo because my preacher's getting a tattoo, who are you following, Jesus or your preacher? 
See how simple that is. And we'll make up excuses all day long. And I'm telling you right now, these people in Galatia, they were making excuses as to why they're going to go back and get circumcised. And Paul said, if you do, you remove yourself from Christ. And so really, really what we learn from just what I've said this morning is if you're already born again and somebody tells you uh, that you have to be now water baptized to really be saved, let me tell you something. You're already saved, and if you start believing that it was your water baptism that saved you, then you now are eliminated from grace until you come back to the cross. You're eliminated from grace that flows by the Holy Spirit due to your faith in the cross. It's the only place it comes from, your faith in the cross. And that's what Paul is telling these folks here. But you know what? There's a greater blessing in this. He says, the experience of being a child of God cannot happen under law. You're not born again under law. You're born again by the removal of yourself from being under the law. You're born again under grace. And if you go back under law, you really remove yourself from the experience. I didn't say salvation. I didn't say you're lost again because you go back under law. And that's another thing that kid told Andrew yesterday. Every time you sin, if you don't ask for forgiveness, you're lost again. My Lord, who wants to live in that fear the rest of your life? They don't, they don't know anything about justification. They don't know anything. Uh, our good brother that goes to church here who came out of the oneness church, and that's what this church is out here on the north end of town. It's oneness. And that's, that's Chris Jones came out of a church like that in Falk, Arkansas, or over there somewhere, and he says he never even heard the word justification the whole time he went there. Didn't even know what that was. In a church, shouting people, swinging on the chandeliers, hollering, trying to work everything up in the flesh, but don't even know what justification is. If you don't know what justification is, you can't live for God because you're not even saved yet. Amen. And it's, and it's grievous to us, I'll say that again this morning, because we watch these people that think they're walking with God, and God, they're not even in fellowship with God. According to the Bible, they're not, because Paul, Paul said, listen, if you go back under the law, you remove yourself from Him. Law removes our fellowship with the Lord. doesn't mean you lose your salvation. It just means you go back to a place where you are now no longer experiencing the air, the, the sonship, the, the air, the, the, the experience of the things that you have become heir to. And I'm talking about H-E-I-R, not A-I-R this morning. Do not forget the context of why the Apostle Paul is telling the Galatians this. Adoption brings the rights of even the children who are not adopted. And I said that last week. If you are adopted into a family, you have the right. That is your mama. That's your daddy. Just like if they had produced you out of the biological parts of their body, it doesn't make no difference. If you've been grafted in, you're a son, you're heir, you're entitled to everything that the, the other kids were entitled to. And that's what the Bible tells us here. Look at verse 6. And because you are sons, and now remember, between a servant hood, really not completely because we serve Christ, but we're no longer serving God through the law. We're serving God in Christ. That's powerful. I need to know. We don't stop being servants, period. We stop being servants and under a schoolmaster, under a tutor, shut up under the faith, not able to get to where we need to be, kept under the law. Jesus has come. He is the justifier of those that will believe in him through what he did on the cross. And now we're no longer by God considered servants, but sons. Jesus said in one place, you're no longer servants, but you're my friend. If you do what I tell you to do. And it's not that we don't serve Christ. We do serve Christ. We minister Christ. We worship Christ. We, 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 we express Christ. And we serve God by serving Christ. The New Testament brings that out. If we're not serving Christ, we're not serving God. And so that's what Paul is relating to these people. And, and you know what? Really, in my Roman study... Uh, it's, it's, it's profound how everything Paul wrote, just about, there was always a conflict between Romans and Roman Christians and 
or Jewish Christians, rather, and Gentile Christians. In Romans, you see that in, in chapter 2, where he talks directly several verses to Roman, uh, Roman, to Jewish Christians. But then he says that he's writing it to Gentile Christians, that he wants to have fruit among these Gentile Christians in Rome. And it's amazing because there's a, there's a, there was a conflict even in the early church of those who were still wanting to hang on to the law. And it, 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 it's really no different today, even though that was Jewish people who'd been under law and really called to be there by God in the old covenant. And, 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 and then today, men trying to turn uh, our salvation into something we do or our, our, our sanctification into something we do. It's all about what Jesus has provided for us on the cross. And when we add to that, we bring ourselves back under the law. And listen, the experience as a son is not under the law. Only a servant that is spiritually immature, held, shut up unto the faith. And we need to think about that. If our faith is not in Christ and what he did to justify us, then our faith is in something we're doing, attempting to justify ourselves. That's called self-righteousness. Or it can be faith in the cross and Christ's righteousness. And that's not just a one-time in, and that is a path of righteousness he wants to lead us down bearing forth the fruits of his righteousness every day so we need to remember that if I go back under the law and most of the church lives under the law uh, because they just don't know how to live for God they don't know that the fight they have is not against sin but it's to simply keep their faith in the sacrifice of Christ and that's why these letters were written and again you can read this in Romans there's a conflict uh, between the Jewish Christians that continued uh, and the Gentile Christians there's a conflict there he's he's telling them in Romans chapter 2 that the, the you, you uh, Jewish Christians are trying to tell the Gentile Christians how to you're still trying to tell them to live by the law and you still can't live by the law it's it's amazing uh, that we make rules we can't keep but we expect other people to keep them and that's just law you know, we, I know minister, ministries right now that the preacher has so much authority, ungodly authority, unbiblical authority, that the families can't even go out of town on a vacation unless they get permission from him. Their kids can't get married unless they get permission from him. Listen, I thought we had the Holy Ghost. I thought we had God himself living in us. I thought he could lead us. He could speak to us. Amen. I know that pastors are uh, walk in a place to be honored and respected, and if you want the counsel of a pastor, you should go get it. But he shouldn't be deciding who your kids marry and where you go to vacation. That's out of the will of God. That's, that's control. That is a control that men do not rate and do not have of the Lord. That's something that we just walk in a place that's not of God. So... He tells them here, Wherefore, you're no more a servant but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. And notice, he always talks about through Christ. We're adopted into the family. We talked about it last week. You're as much a son, much a daughter as the, as the kids that were already there. By that mom and dad, it makes no difference. It's like, you know, we need to see things the way God sees them. We need to stop looking at things the way man sees them. When a man and a woman get married, in God's eyes, they become one. They're inseparable in his eyes. They're no longer two, although they are. But God is three, but he's one. He's three persons in one. And when God sees a man and a woman unite in marriage, God sees one man right there. They are one. That's why they can reproduce as one. You understand that? We need to see things the way God sees them. And I really, we're to back up to verse 6 because I, I want to make sure I don't miss anything. The Bible here says, And because your sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Now, let's talk about that for a second this morning. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, the Comforter, all the names of the Holy Spirit, don't forget... He is the Spirit of the Son. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of the Son. So the way Jesus lived according to the leading of the Holy Spirit is the same way the Holy Spirit's going to lead you to live. The Bible says we have the mind of Christ. Amen. And we're to think 
as in that manner. Let this mind be in you that was in Christ. Why? The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus Christ, the Spirit of the Son. You can't separate them. No, Jesus is not the Holy Spirit, but we have the Spirit of God, which is the Spirit of the Son, and it is also the Spirit of the Father. You need to know that. You know, I'm writing a paper right now at home just in my spiral notebook. It'll be coming out, uh, not a book, but messages, I'm sure, in the days ahead of things we can't separate. We've separated. We've separated too many things in the Word of God. And, and, and when we begin to see that everything flows together, all in Christ, and, and then we'll begin to see more clearly what it is that we have, who we are, who He is, and the mission that He has given us to walk in, in our lives. And, and I, I'm looking forward to that. God not only sent His Son, but for those who become sons or children, He has also sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. And this reminds me of just who our God is, that if you will, if you will just accept Christ, there will never be an end to what He's doing in your life. There will never be a stop of the increase of Him in your life. As long as you're following Christ, there will always be an increase. There will always be more. The moment you said yes to Jesus, God sent His Spirit also to dwell in you. And then God began to explain to you in the Word how you can be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then there was more there. And then God began, He just, there's never an end to the increase when you're following Christ. If you're no longer learning and growing, I hate to say this, but it's true, then you're no longer following Christ. And that's a fact. If you're not learning and growing, then you're not following Christ. Because following Him means you're learning of Him, and if you're learning of Him, you're growing in Him. Amen. Anybody want to disagree? Just send me an email. You can't, you can't, bear, you can't refute that with the Word of God, though. I, I, I'm amazed at the people. I watched the message of the cross last week, one episode, and some guy called in and said, you know, I, my faith is in the blood of Jesus, and I believe in the cross, but, but also I believe we need to keep the Sabbath because it was like that in the Old Testament. And one of the ministers said, give me a scripture for that. And he can't. He couldn't. He couldn't. He couldn't give. You know, we need to stop living off of opinions and go into the Word because faith cannot come without the Word. And some people say, no, my faith is not in the Word. My faith is in the cross. Let me tell you something, my friend. You heard about the cross through the Word. You understand that? It ain't just the cross. You heard about Jesus and the cross from the Word of God. You can never separate the Word Here's one of those other these things. I wrote it down, got it in my pocket this morning, so I don't forget to put it in my notes when I get home. You can't separate the Word of God from the truth of God from the gospel of God. Do you understand that you can only go from faith to faith as the righteousness of God is revealed to you in the gospel? Now that'll make, that'll make it quiet in the church. That'll make it quiet in the church. You know what that's telling us? That if your faith is not in the cross of Christ, you cannot go from faith to faith. Because the message of the cross is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the righteousness of God that allows us to go from faith to faith is only revealed in the gospel. And some refute, well, brother, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Yes, but God says every word that he's ever spoken, Proverbs 8 and 8, write it down, has been spoken in righteousness. Therefore, it's revealed through the gospel. The only place righteousness is revealed, therefore, when we Hear the Word of God in its righteous context. That means through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Then faith comes. That's why the church is in trouble, my friends. Because we think we can quote a verse, read a verse, declare a verse, and God's going to move. No, faith only comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God in its righteous context. It only comes about in the gospel. 
See how simple that is. Oh, you don't have to know all that. You better know all that because if it's not faith that comes, it's flesh that comes. And it comes to corrupt the Word of God in your mind, in your heart, and it will corrupt your flesh. This is good stuff I'm telling you this morning. Listen, every word God says He's ever spoken is in righteousness. Again, Proverbs 8 and 8. And the righteousness of God is only revealed in the gospel, so the faith that comes by hearing must be the faith that we see the Word of God through the cross. If we don't, then we'll start living back under the law, using God's Word as law instead of liberty that was given in the cross. My Lord, that'll make you shout this morning. Hallelujah. That's good stuff to know at 57 years old. I wish I would have known it at 27 years old. I wish somebody would have told me this at 27. I would have missed out on a whole big boatload of trouble and law and legalism and working instead of just resting in God's grace. Pretty awesome, isn't it? I know some people's taking notes this morning. They're running. They're writing this down. They're going to share this with your friends, your relatives, your co-workers because if you don't know what I just said and you're using God's Word out of its righteous context, it ain't faith that's coming, my friend, and that's why it's not working. That's why eventually you'll burn out. You'll quit. You'll throw in the towel. You need to take your faith and put it back in the man Jesus Christ and what he did at Calvary and refuse to allow it to be moved by the books me and write today. That's what this letter is about. This is the letter that God sent into Galatia, not all the other things that me and were writing to the church, and I'm sure they were in that day this is not listen we need to think about this when Paul sent this letter into Galatia I'm sure this is not the only writer that was writing in that day but this was the letter God sent into the church all the other books that are out there, we need to forget them if they don't line up with scripture and let me say I've been saying this I'm not going to stop saying this In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So since we had the Word of God in the beginning, anything written by men that's contrary to the Word of God is a lie. Any books that are written all all, uh, denominational or cults or false religions that pop up is because there's a, a rejection of the Word of God. And when they reject the Word of God, the devil comes and gives them something else and calls that the Word of God. But remember, my friend, God's Word was here first. God's Word was here first. And God has just expounded and built through the years on His Word, the revelation of Christ who is the living Word. And, and, and you need to let all that other stuff go. Mormonism, Jehovah's Witness, they all exist under the influence of Satan because they've rejected the God and God's Word who was here first. If Joseph Smith would have believed what Paul wrote about another Jesus, and if any angel, even an angel that Joseph Smith claimed came from heaven and revealed him some new way, if he would have really believed the Bible, then he would have told that angel, get out of here. I'm not listening to you. I'm a believer in Christ alone. But he didn't do that. So that angel, that bad, evil angel, fallen angel, was able to lie to him. And guess what you have now? Mormonism. They're all dying and they're all going to hell. Even though they say the name of Jesus, even though they say that their faith is not in Jesus, they teach he's Lucifer's brother. They don't even know my Jesus. And I'm telling you, I'm not being mean. I'm not being ugly. I'm being biblical. People say, well, don't talk about that. You're just being judgmental. You're being ugly. That's what they said about Noah. And then God flooded them and washed them all away because they didn't listen not to Noah, but to God through Noah. Wasn't Noah. It was God through Noah. And it's not me you're mad at when I'm declaring the Word of God. It's God you're mad at because God's Word was here first. Amen. The proof of that's in the Garden of Eden. To Adam. Who spoke first to Adam? It was God with a promise and a warning. Then the devil comes and speaks after. Instead of clinging to that which God had already said, 
the man and the woman fell into a deceptive curse by believing another voice that was not lining up with what God had said. And that is the way the devil works until this very day. He will start a whole new movement based on somebody, whoever he can find, that won't it ain't that they ain't reading, studying, and preaching the Bible. It's that the devil sees they're not using it in its righteous context. And out of its righteous context, my friends, there is no true faith. We need to remember that. And the folks that sit around, and I know they say it, you don't need to know all, you don't need to go into that depth. You just need to believe in Jesus. Well, which Jesus are you believing in? And if you're believing in Jesus, why aren't you following Jesus? Because to believe in Jesus means to follow Jesus. And when I'm following Jesus, he said I'm a fisher of men. That means it's obvious, it's noticeable that I'm following Jesus. Not that I'm this and that and the other. No, it's noticeable that I used to be that, but now I'm following Jesus. If that's not noticeable, if it's not obvious, my friends, I'm not being ugly, but you're not following Jesus. You're following a Jesus you made up. Not being ugly, being biblical. Jesus said, if you follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. And I know there are people today who say, well, that was just for those people then. I'm following him, and he made me a, 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 a laundromat owner. No, he may give you gifts to weld and to own a business, but if you're following Jesus, you're going to be a fisher of men. Amen. If you ain't fishing for me, and if you're not interested in sharing the Word of God, if you're not interested in putting forth the Word of your testimony out there of what Jesus has done for you, you're not following Him. You may be saved and not following Him. You can be saved and not following Jesus. I've been there. Not being ugly. Again, that's why this letter was written. Because Christians who had began to follow Jesus were no longer following Jesus. And the Judaizers were telling them, you, listen, you can't be saved unless you are circumcised. And Paul, he shows up and he, he's just trying to encourage them here after he's done a few, made a few bold statements. He goes on and he says in verse 7, Wherefore, you are no more a servant but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Notice he talks about through Christ. Through Christ. And I have some scriptures here. I want to read a couple of scriptures. There's a whole boatload pages that I could have typed up, but I'm only going to read a couple. And the point I'm reading these scriptures <coughs> to you this morning is because the definition of through Christ means faith in His cross. There is no such thing as through Jesus Christ, through Christ Jesus, through Him. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There's no strength to do all things uh, by Christ unless my faith is in His cross. The, the, the strength doesn't come because I quote that verse. We need to know that. Why doesn't it? Because that's something I'm doing. My faith cannot be in my quoting, in my doing. My faith, God has only given me one place to put my faith. And that's in what Jesus did at Calvary. For that is who he is. Praise God. I'm glad I know that. I hope you're learning that. I hope you're growing in this. And I hope you're bold enough and courageous enough to share these teachings uh, when you're hearing them, listen, I don't, I don't need you to like them. I need you to share them. And it's, and it's really not me that needs you to share them. It's the dying world in the church that's out there caught up in the, in, in, in the pain of Galatians. They're, they're living in pain. They go to church, they put a smile on, and then they leave and they go right back into their just uh, uh, condemnation, their defeat, their shame, their guilt. They, they don't know that they can live in victory. And they don't, they don't even know that their victory is not going to church. Listen, listen, if my victory is going to church, I'm going to go home, sell my house, and I'm moving to the church house. Because I need victory every minute. But it's not in what I do, it's what in Christ did. So I want to talk just for a couple minutes about what it means for us to do anything, have anything, be anything. It's all through Christ. And that means through what He did for us on the cross. 1 Peter 4.11 is one of them. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. That means we don't preach with a question mark. 
We come with a boldness, not an arrogance, but a boldness and a confidence in what God has said. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God gives. And God don't give anybody the ability to do anything except minister the New Testament. 2 Corinthians 3, 6 through 9. God gives the ability to be New Testament ministers. Watch this now. That God, here's the reason, that God, not me, that God, not you, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom praise, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Let me tell you this morning, you can't even thank God except through Christ. Your thanks to God without faith in the cross is thanks that's really not real. It's not true thanks. We may think it is, but it's not. Any worship that's a God when my faith is not in the cross is not worship that's in spirit and in truth. It's just not. And we can bear, bear that out. We can teach on that. We can share the, the realities of what I've just said from the Scriptures. And we won't be twisting the Word. We'll just give Scripture. It's, it's amazing how the people that come and try to make a stand for their disobedience, for their lives of flesh, they always just throw like the devil did to Jesus in the wilderness. They throw Scriptures at Jesus out of context. But Jesus always brought Scripture in context. And Scripture in context, faith in the cross, the Holy Spirit given us Scripture. Scripture, the Word of God in context, causes the devil to flee. Oh, he'll be back, but the light will still be on when he comes back. He's looking for a dark place, and we need to leave the light on. Amen. So, think about this. God can only be glorified through Jesus Christ. That, that goes right along with what Jesus taught in John 15, 5. You can do nothing without me. Doesn't mean I can't go to lunch today without Jesus. What he meant was, you can't do anything spiritually pleasing to God without me. Not one thing. You, God cannot be glorified except through Jesus Christ. And that means our faith in what he did at Calvary. For that faith is what allows the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, to work in me, to change me, and to work through me. The next scripture is Hebrews 13, 20 and 21. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. That's powerful in and of itself. Maybe we'll teach on Hebrews if we ever get out of Galatians. Uh, I know I started it years ago, but I didn't know then what I know today, and I'm sure it'll be a whole lot better this time around. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, how did he do it? Through the blood of the everlasting covenant. That's how the God of peace brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood he shed of the everlasting covenant. Make you perfect in every good work to do his will, <clears throat> his will working in you, <clears throat> that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Do you see here that God can't be glorified in everything God has ever done for man, to man, through man, in man, for man, he's done it through Christ. In the Old Covenant, it doesn't matter where you are in Scripture. The Old Covenant, God moved in the hearts and the lives of those that had their faith in the coming seed of the woman. David prophesied song after song, and the other psalmists did too, about a coming Redeemer. If your faith is in the cross, the Holy Spirit will reveal that to you in the Word. Praise God. I'm glad I know that today, that the Bible is about Jesus. Jesus. It's not about all the other things man thinks it's about. The focus is about Jesus. We preachers will get up and say it's all about Jesus, and then we'll just talk about money for a half an hour. Let me tell you something. Talk about Jesus. The people will give to him. May not go. If they give in to you, then you're in the wrong place. You're in the wrong business. People will give to the Lord if you'll talk about the Lord. Preach the Lord Jesus Christ. When, when the Bible says preach the Word, that means preach Jesus Christ. He is the living Word from Genesis to Revelation. Hallelujah. So everything God is going to do, every ounce of 
perfection he's able to work in us he is performing that perfect work he's working in us as long as our faith is in the cross i know people say he keeps working when when our faith is not in the cross but they have no scripture for that all he can do if our faith is not in the cross all he can do and is doing at that point is what he was doing before we got saved is pointing us back you got to get out of that law you got to get back you got to get back under grace again the purpose for the letter to the galatians Don't go under law. Hey, if you have, come back. You're in a place you've removed yourself from Christ. Not the building we meet in. No, that's what preachers teach now. If you remove yourself from this building we're in, this people right here, you've removed yourself from the will of God. No, it's not about a building. It's not about a preacher. We can, even though he'll never leave or forsake us, we can remove ourselves from him if we go after the fads of today. And all those who believe that you have to work, that it's not just Christ, they don't believe that he has by himself purged us from our sins Hebrews 1 and 3 they don't believe that they think they have to add to it they're eliminated from grace today grace is available but they can't access it till they come back to the cross that again is why the letter was written and I'm sure when when and let me say it again this morning I'm sure this wasn't the only letter sent into the city And I'm sure other letters were written by people after they got a hold of this letter because the devil will also counter every time God moves, there will be also a move of the devil in your life. If God is working in your life, the devil is going to come and your flesh is going to rise up and there is going to attempt, there's going to be an attempt by the enemy to, to have a move of the enemy in your life to remove you from that move of God that's taking place again the purpose of the letter to the Galatians no matter what other other book is written no matter what other letter men write to you and say to you stick with the word that came all the way from heaven hallelujah the word of God that came from heaven stick with the Bible it was here first everything else is a lie it's a misdirector it is a it is a pull to get you out of the faith you know and it can happen to any of us as I've already said your uncle your your granddaddy those you dearly love those you care about those that have cared about you the devil can use them to to entice your flesh to get you out of the faith don't go it's more the faith and the truth is more important than your family Your family is important. Don't write them off. Love them. Pray for them. But don't stay in the place where they're listening to false doctrine. The best thing for them that you can do is let God move on your heart to move you the direction He's called you to go. First thing they're going to do is probably talk ugly about you. But then when they come to a little bit of senses, they're going to finally come to you and say why have you done what you've done there's your open door to share with them that you have heard the Lord he's showing you the truth of who Christ is and what he did and my faith is now not in all the things that we've been hearing taught and preached my faith is in the sacrifice of Christ and I have determined to know nothing else I don't want to read anything else I don't want to hear anything else if listen I personally don't listen to preach if they ain't preach and the cross don't send me a message and tell me what a wonderful message that was I'm not going to listen I'm not going to listen people ask me all the time do you know this preacher did you hear that preacher preach I don't listen to much I don't listen to much because there ain't much out there telling me about Jesus in the word There's a lot of preachers out there telling me, oh, trying to tell me what's coming. A lot of preachers out there trying to tell me what I need to do today. Listen, my faith is in the cross. The Holy Spirit is going to take care of me no matter what comes. Listen, I'm not pushing aside that we, I'm not saying we don't need to learn some eschatological things that are coming down the pike because God wrote about them for us. But I'm telling you, you'll understand what I'm saying. There's a whole older generation in church, and it's something how it just seems to go with age. The older we get, the more the, 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 we just don't want to hear nothing but about the rapture, nothing but about the end. Listen, just because you're getting close to the end of your life don't mean you need to just be talking about the rapture all the time. You need to be talking about Jesus all the time. 
Amen, Brother Curtis. Hallelujah. You get around a bunch of folks 80, 90 years old, they're just talking about Jesus is coming every day. Well, I'm 57, and I'm saying he's coming today. I'm looking for it. I ain't got anything to do with age. And just because I'm 90 years old and, and I'm getting close to the end of my life, I, you got to be at 90. <laughs> Don't mean I'm going to start talking about the end times now. That's all I want to hear about because I'm at the end. No, you're not at the end. You're not at the end of anything. You have eternal life, and we just need to keep marching on. We don't, need to, we don't need to live our lives based on where we are in the flesh, where we are of our age, because our spiritual walk with the Lord has nothing to do with our age. Amen. Brother Curtis. So he says, I'm going to read through this. we got about nine and a half minutes left. We're no, we're no more servants, but we're children of God now. We've stepped into a place, in verse 7 says, we're heirs of God through Christ. That means now. You know what that means? We read that and we think it means that one day we're going to step into something that we don't have, and it does mean that. One day we're going to even have a body that can't be sick, can't be hurt, can't, not going to need anything. It's going to be just like, gee, perfect. But you know what? Stepping into... Sonship is something that's already happened for us. Stepping into being an heir has already happened to us. We're not going to be an heir. When we left the law and got under grace, we became heirs. And, and, and we need to understand in the Word of God there's all sorts of benefits that Christ died for us to be able to have more than a trip to heaven. Even more than sin not dominating our lives. But he's given us the measure of faith where we can believe for healing. We can believe for whatever is God's will for our lives. All the, the things that, I, that Jesus died uh, for me to be able to have by the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance, faith, the fruit of the Spirit, and so many more things that we have access to right now. We have access to I shouldn't live a day of my life without the joy of the Lord, without the peace of the Lord. Have I? Yes, I have. But I shouldn't have. I have. I'm an heir. I shouldn't, I shouldn't, uh, uh, I, I need to be learning who I am in Christ and what I've stepped into and the things that are available to me. But you better be careful with that because when you, you know, a lady told me years ago, uh, somebody gave me a book to read called, uh, uh, who I am in Christ. And she, a lady walked up and saw it. She said, you better be careful of that book. I'm sure it's got some good things in it, but you better not be focused more on who you are in Him than who He is in you. And we can do that. You need to know who you are in Christ now. And who, when you learn who you are in Him, it will humble you. If it's not humbling you, then we've gone the wrong direction. But we also need to be learning more than anything who He is in us the one who's greater than all things in the world. Amen. So, we're an heir of God through Christ, verse 7 says. That means through what he did at Calvary. Anybody that says it means through something else only drags themselves and attempts to drag us back under law. You know, and that's really been in my heart lately. And I know we know about it, but it's either about Christ and what he did at Calvary, and that's what our faith is, in. And like the kid who told Andrew, yeah, I understand about Christ Jesus and what he did on the cross. I believe that, but that ain't all there is to it. I also have to, he said, I also have to live right to be saved. Well, you, know, you can't live right unless your faith is in the one who lived right. God is only looking at Christ. And he sees those whose faith is in Christ as his, and those children, of his, children who are his because of their faith in Christ. He sees us, he's pleased with our faith in him. He's only pleased by faith. He's not pleased when we're out there working to be saved. When I commit a sin, and now I think I'm lost again, and I have to, I have to 
confess, and I should confess my sins, we all should when we sin, but if I think I'm lost every time I'm, I sin, then that must mean in the back of my mind, even in my ignorance, that I believe that it's my working that's pleasing God that's getting me back in salvation again. I, I didn't get in salvation initially by working. I can't get back in the path that I'm off of by working. It's all by faith or God's not pleased. It's all by faith or God's not pleased. And so to say anything other than through Christ means through my faith in what he did at Calvary, you keep talking to them, and you're going to understand their faith is not in that at all. And Andrew's conclusion yesterday about this boy that he is good friends with, he looked at me and he said, Dad, this, this fella, he can't be saved. He's not saved. It's not that he can't be saved. It's that he's not saved right now. Because his faith is not in Christ. His faith is, after several questions, Andrew asked him every answer he gave. And the ultimate one, that it, it has to be more than Christ at the cross, I have to also work for my salvation. That right there proves that you're, listen, your faith can't be in both. You might have accepted Christ as Lord, as Savior, as the one who forgave your sins, and you were born again when that happened. But again, the purpose of Galatians, this letter was written to people who were born again, filled with the Spirit. They were being pulled away by people just like this boy who's Andrew's friend, who's telling people the cross wasn't enough. You also have to work to make your salvation complete. It's not in the Bible. That's what Andrew told him. It's not in the Bible. Give me Scripture. He could never give Scripture because he doesn't know Scripture. He just says, God speaks to me. And Andrew said, it better be according to the Bible. He said, it, it only matters what God is telling me. See, that's what I came out of. That's the charismatic. That's the move without the Word. And when you push them, they'll get into Word, but they won't even know what it means because it's all twisted, they're confused, because they don't understand justification. You remember what we talked about in last chapter 2 when Paul had to rebuke Peter face to face. What did he do? What did he tell him? He began to expound to Peter face to face before the whole company about justification. He didn't start preaching sanctification to him. If, our sanct if we get off the path of the just, we're out of sanctification. We've removed ourselves from him in fellowship where there can be no perfect work going on, where there can be no experience of sonship. Not that he's not a son. There can be no experience of sonship. And Paul stood up and preached to Peter the message of justification. If you get, keep justification right, you'll be in revival. Sanctification will just be happening if you keep justification right. If you know that you're saved by faith and that you're sanctified by faith. The experience comes by faith in Christ, not you working. The result, your works, if your faith is in the cross, is a result of that faith. Works going on does not prove you're in the faith. Anybody can work. Amen. I've been there, done that. Got the t-shirt too. Had to eventually burn it when I learned the truth. <laughs> Amen. Watch this. And because your sons, verse 6, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts. Where did the Spirit of God come? Into your heart. God moved, and that's not talking about your ticker beating right now. The heart of man is who he is. Your spirit, your soul, it's who you are. So let me ask this question. Have you believed in Christ with all that you are? Because it's not with that thing that's beaten. That's not the heart God's talking about. The heart of man, the heart of who you are, what makes you tick. Have you believed in Christ from the heart? Because the Bible says it's with the heart man believes under righteousness. It's with who you really are in your deepest part of who you are. It's not that thing going thump, thump in your chest. 
It's the heart of who you are. That's why most, most people claiming to be Christians are not Christians. And, and most Christians, the people that are Christians, don't know how to live for God because we don't really understand the Bible. Let me ask you today, do you want to learn the Word of God? Do you want to know God's Word? Do you care about learning? Because you're not learning Christ without the Word. You're not learning Christ without the Word. You learned about His dying for you through the Word. You learned any other thing you've learned truly that you learned about Him from the Word. And I believe that most of Christianity today doesn't really care to learn the Word. They just have moved into a place of mysticism where they just think, if I do this, God will do that. And if I do this, God will do that. That's not scriptural. We need to learn the Word. Jesus constantly taught His disciples, and He is still teaching His disciples. Those that are disciples are learning. Those that are not learning have moved away from Him, and they may think they're following Him, but if they are, it is from a distance. And you need to be careful with that, because Peter denied the Lord from a distance. He's denied from a distance, but it's obviously there's no denial there when we're walking in the light he's in, when we're following him, learning of him. Don't forget what this letter is about. Most of the church today needs to get into this letter. The preachers need to preach this letter because this is where most of the people in their congregations are. This is what they need to hear. This in the book of Romans. Over and over and over. People in our church, and some of them been here for a while, they come up and ask questions that they ought to already know the answer to by now after years. No, we don't know everything. But we should know things. And we gather to worship, to praise the Lord, but we also gather to be equipped for the work of the ministry. Amen. We're out of time. I hope you've gotten something out of this broadcast. I sure have. And we'll see you next week. And until then, stay determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. Love you.